I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my partner, Senor Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 230th episode of our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk about the markets. We're going to talk about the bizarro world around us. We'll have a pretty important Patriot update. A lot going on as always, Mr. Hodge. How goes you this week, Senor? Uh, my go well. Um, you've introduced yourself in Espanol the past two weeks. I wonder what changed. You're Gerardo now. Tienas! Uh, no, do, doing good, and I know there's been a bunch of Patriot news, so I figured I would get to prop my feet up here. I got my shoes off, and uh, I was going to hear your takes. Yeah, no, look, I mean... Um, <laughs> The parts that were easy for me to speculate on were the resource, right? You knew the grade was going to come in at, at roughly 1.4. I thought it would, just, it would be 1.3, 1.4. And the tonnage, I could tell by the tone of Blair when I spoke with him that he didn't want to engage me on that 150 to 160 million ton number that I was putting out there. Though in fairness, the one that I was putting out there, I added at a lower, you know, lower percentage, right? I had that between 1 and 1.2. So anyhow, uh, I, I thought it'd be close to 100. I, I said between 100 and 110. Obviously, it came out at 109, which, I mean, for a sneak peek, um, it's 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 absolutely brilliant what the Patriot team has been able to do with $45 million, which is what they put into the ground to establish what John Kaiser said is the equivalent of a 71-million-ounce gold deposit grading 20.2 grams per ton gold, right? That's the sneak peek maiden mineral resource estimate on one of the CVs, one of the clusters, and it's open on each side, and it's open at depth, and by the way, it might all connect as one big blob, or as Jody DeRouge uh, explained it to me and explained it well, because obviously I am not a geologist, he called it, imagine a carton of eggs, right, where you have the clusters, and yes, they're all connected, potentially, but a carton of eggs, right? Different blobs all connected by one system. Um, for $45 million to get you this resource on a first pass is absolutely brilliant. Congrats to the Patriot team. Congrats to shareholders. Um, congrats to frustrated shareholders uh, like myself a bit. I mean, at the end of the day, I sell one or 2,000 shares every month for tuition bills and tax bills and miscellaneous stuff. <laughs> That's nothing relative to the size of my position, but would I rather sell at 20 or $25 where I think the stock should be? Absolutely, right? Does it matter at the end? No, I still believe I'm definitely going to get my $50 uh, price target at the very minimum. And the fact that Albemarle decided to come in with $109 million at over $15 per share is as eh? significant a vote of confidence as you could have for a project that just published a maiden resource estimate. Um, not 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 much else that you can say that wasn't already covered um, in the news releases. Look, I think what comes next is what's exciting to me. I think people are bored with waiting for the resource estimate. You know, I had speculated a few months ago, back in May, I think. Um, and again, this was just common sense, right? That a major, whether a chemical company or a mining company would come in and take a public stake. Uh, that clearly was writing on the wall. I didn't take a scientist to come up with that thesis. It took longer than I thought. And then, you know, common sense kicked in. I thought, well, they're waiting for that maiden resource estimate. So that 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 makes sense to me now. 
what I think happens next is the part I'm really excited about. The drills are turning. Um, we're going to have a, a pretty in-depth sit down with Blair here over the next few days that we'll publish to the public later next week. But the drilling, the drilling is going to start, I think, uncovering what else Corvette is going to uh, to unearth, right? I think there's a whole heck of a lot more. I think there's a potential for three, four, five CV5s. Um, I think at the end of the day, this has the potential to be the biggest lithium deposit in the world to come yeah. out, swing the bat, and uh, you're the biggest in North America, this type of deposit, and you're the eighth biggest globally. Again, congrats to the Patriot team, and I know shareholders are frustrated with the price action. Look, the shorts are still playing with the stock. Um, I'm sure there's other major mining companies that are nibbling that are likely also playing with the stock. I know that there's at least two other companies that have smaller um, undisclosed stakes. You all can guess which two of those are. Again, don't have to be a scientist to guess those names. But no, look, all in all, we have the goods and the goods aren't going anywhere. And the goods on a peer basis, uh, when you do comps, are worth a whole heck of a lot more than the current market cap by a factor of like two or three right now. So I was going to ask you about those other companies because Albemarle was a, a new name for me. Not Obviously, I, I know Albemarle and, and what it is and, and does, obviously, but I hadn't heard it in the context of the Patriot story, right? We've heard a lot about uh, Pilbara because of, of Ken. We've heard a lot about uh, Minrez. Uh, but Albemarle was a new There's name. There's your was two, by a, the way. <laughs> Thank was, you. Was, well, like you say, it's not hard. Um, yeah. Was it a surprise for you that, it, it, that was, it was Albemarle? It was a surprise that they were the first to go public, right? I mean, Min Minrez obviously has, has has been on the record saying that they're nibbling, right? Um, it was a surprise that Albemarle was the first one at the table to say, we're willing to write the check. We'll do it at a small premium. We absolutely want a seat at the table. And look, the, the part that absolutely should be commented on um, that I think is is underappreciated but is very significant is the MOU. The MOU gives them a nine-month exclusivity period for them to go ahead and see if there is a deal to be made as in a, a, a partnership for a downstream lithium hydroxy plant. When we talk about the hilariously named Inflation Reduction Act and a lot of the credits, right, that are are a part of that act and the uh, how much development has been incentivized as a result, I think this plays right into that. And I think Albemarle is smart to say, hey, it's game on and we don't want to wait. We want to seat at the table. We want the first public acknowledgement of, of wanting to pursue this. And we're willing to, to, to write this check if you give us nine months to figure out what we have, how big it can be, what it's going to cost. And again, when you combine that with the exploration and everything else that's going on, I couldn't be more excited for the second half of this year. Do you think there's a potential for, um, now I'm just interviewing you, sorry. Do you think there's the potential for an even bigger player to come in? And I'll tell you why I asked, because there was two articles this week that caught my eye. One yep. was, um, Exxon wants yep. to get into to lithium mining and yeah, they've got the small project in Arkansas and yeah, they've got obviously oil wells that they could potentially apply some sort of direct uh, lithium extraction to, but that's not really sort of proven yet. Although lots of folks are trying to prove it. Um, but in the, in the article that I read that about Exxon wanting to get into the lithium business, the main outfit they were talking to was Albert. 
And then when you look at Albemarle's market cap, which I happen to do, and then you look at Exxon's market cap, there is a, a very large discrepancy there, something to the tune of like over $400 billion market cap for Exxon and a $24 billion market cap for Albemarle. And it seems to me that if Exxon was serious about getting into to lithium, that they could just make an acquisition. And then the other... Um, article that caught my eye was Rio Tinto specifically mm -hmm. calling out wanting to get into the lithium production business um, in Canada. And so mm -hmm. when you talk about Albemarle wanting to build a, a downstream, whatever, hydroxide facility, like why couldn't Rio become the partner for that? And then all of a sudden uh, you're, 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 you know, taking off the shoe territory, right? This is what we said last time, right? That that the the the, the bidding wars would be accelerated with the resource estimate. And again, um, I think you're spot on with those two names, Exxon, um, and 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 then the other group possibly wanting to come in and be very very aggressive. It would make a statement. Um, it, it would cement them in the region. And look, I I, I don't think it's a coincidence that. This part of the world is 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 finally getting the respect that it deserves for its mineral endowment as it relates to lithium pegmatites. I mean, when when you deliver this right off the bat, it's going to make a lot of eyes that weren't on the stock all of a sudden take a deep hard look. And when you start throwing out those types of names, the Rio Tintos, the Exxons, the much smaller Albemarle, um, it's going to be a fun video war when it happens. I I. There's a great book, uh, and I forget the name. You'll have the name because we both read it, but it's about Boise's Bay, right? And the bidding war that ensued there. The Big Score. The Big Score, that's the name. And um, it's a great book. If anyone uh, hasn't read it, I, I, I highly encourage it. I think the same thing is going to happen with Patriot Battery Metals. And I, I again, I think the exploration is only going to accelerate that. And Patriot now has 155 to 160 million in the treasury, and they have quite a bit more coming from the 75 cent warrants that will have to be exercised before a year end. So no shortage of good news. The share price is absolute hot garbage right now relative to what's there. But the important part, again, is that it's there. And, and now it's just, to me, it's all upside. We get to find out how much more is there. When we talk metallurgy, when we talk extraction process, it's the lowest cost in the world. When we talk power, we're talking some of the cheapest power in the world. Cleanest. Cleanest power in the world. Literally green lithium, right? We haven't talked about a, a Tesla coming in or some of the other automakers that also have pretty substantial balance sheets. So I think, um, again, I think my $50 price tag might prove conservative at the end of this game. When this game ends, I don't have a crystal ball. I'd be surprised if it took more than 12 to 18 months. Um, but I, I, I know this much. I know when that first offer comes in, it's either going to be uber aggressive to secure the deal or it's going to be the first of many and it's going to be a fun process to watch. And I suspect that us long-term shareholders that are in it for the end game uh, will be handsomely rewarded for you know the couple of months of the stock, frankly, being boring on the share price side, though delivering beautifully on the execution in the field side. I mean, again, kudos to Darren and Blair and Ken and that old team over there. Um, Life-changing gains for a lot of us. And I think I think it's just getting going. Uh, you like to describe the momentum of the, 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 the snowball as it rolls down the hill, right? I think that snowball is getting a whole hell of a lot bigger.
Yeah. Imagine uh, an initial maiden resource estimate in the gold space right now of 71 <laughs> million ounces at 20.2 grams per ton gold, and then it'd be an open pit heap leachable. 71 I mean, million tons. And then you have, you've only explored a tenth of the property. People would be losing their mind. A lot of people just don't realize what's there yet, and none of us know how much more is there. It's going to be fun finding out. Yeah, looking forward to it. I, I, I am as well. Listen, I, I mentioned uh, big deposits and awesome grade, and I mentioned gold. And this isn't one that I have a, a horse in the race at all. Um, I, I missed it. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the challenges that the Yukon can present. Uh, mining and exploration is risky enough, right? And there's some, some, some additional challenges that come with being in the Yukon. But man, congrats to the Yukon and congrats to Snowline Gold. Though you only did they have a heck of a release. 553.8 meters of 2.48 grams per ton gold. Um, and then, you know, within that, that was from surface, by the way. Uh-huh. And, and then within that, it's 132 meters of 5 grams per ton gold. So just freakish numbers, amazing numbers. Congrats to that team. Congrats to shareholders. Again, no dog in the race there, but uh, I like to see people win. I like to see people make money. And uh, I'm happy for uh, Snowline, the team, and its shareholders, I think. Obviously, much brighter days ahead. I mean, it's adding, you know, 60 to $100 million in market cap on that hole. It's, it was up 14% in a single day. I was just doing quick math. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, no, no, no. Great work there. Great work there. Um, let me interview you now, Mr. Hodge, the gold space. Back to 1930, we're bored again. Silver's acting like, you know, the basic uh, side piece that silver tends to be when it's a basic side piece. Uh, silver's really exciting when, you know, Stalls herself up and gets going, but just basic right now. A little boring, kind of got an attitude and, and, you know, not really doing anything of anything. How, how how do you feel about it technically? Yeah, gold is technically bullish. Yeah. Told you it was going to be in a range between 1900 and 2000 until it breaks out north of that, um, which means that you should be buying on the dips. Uh, I've said that a bunch of times now. Um, I think that the situation continues to look good for gold. I think gold has held its own in the face of. Um, a dollar that is re-strengthened in the face of uh, yields that um, are going up. I think that um, inflation isn't done, which is you know why the Fed was content to to hike. And now you've got you know oil back uh, over eighty dollars, and and this double whammy recession that I've I've mentioned a couple of times is um, still going to happen. There's just now been a, a bit of space put in between the whammies, if you will. Um, it, but gold is bullish. Um, uh, and I continue to, to, to buy closer to 1900 and I continue to add to, to positions that, uh, I view as, um, favorable and, 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 and strong gold candidates. Like, um, I was adding to SSR mining, recently for example i was adding to to newmont some of the um you know larger producers but um and then you look at the the downgrading of of u.s credit there's lots of um, tailwinds for gold and it remains a a good environment for gold with relatively high inflation and 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 low growth so um continue to be to be bullish on gold for sure I like it. I, I, I saw a tweet that I'm going to quote. Um, <laughs> this young lady tweeted, one year, and, and I'm, I'm only reading it because I think the sentiment in the gold space is, is very much like this. And, and frankly, the entire resource space, 
um, with the exception of maybe lithium, right? But she tweeted, one year ago, I stopped going to coffee shops and started making coffee at home. I ended up saving $5 a day. That's $25 a week, $100 a month, $1,200 a year. I saved $1,200 and invested it into B-A-L-D, which is now worth $12. I should have just bought the damn coffee. <laughs> That's a lot of resource speculators in the space right now. And, you you know, it's not always roses. We've had a lot of big wins. But, you know, there's also the laggards in the portfolio that, you know, require a uranium bull market or require a more bullish gold market before they really come to life. Confident they will when that happens. Again, no crystal ball, but um, that's kind of the sense of it right now in the resource space for a lot of these stocks. Though I will say there has been news again um, that 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 bodes well for the second half of this year once we get past this summer period. Um, Aldebaran Resources, which we've mentioned before, has a huge copper gold resource in uh, Salta Province, Argentina. And look, they just announced an additional strategic investment from South 32. It's a $17.5 million financing. I got to suspect they have some drill results that they're sitting on because it's been quite a bit. I suspect the financing is a part of the reason why it's taking a little bit longer to get those results out. But the stock has perked up a little bit since then. And I suspect that's going to continue to be the case. So that's going to be your free name of the week there. Uh, close at 96 cents. Traded as low as 80 cents just a couple of weeks ago in the midst of that financing. So um, Aldebaran Resources, one to keep an eye on. I don't think that one lasts for more than the next 24 months before it gets taken out at four to five times current levels. Yeah, um, I was watching a presentation that John Black gave at Rick Rule's conference this week, or maybe the conference was last week, but uh, I was just watching the the John Black video. And we've talked about Aldebaran a lot. We talked about last week, in fact, how there had been a slow news flow, and 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 that was one of the companies I was I was writing about in my letter last week. Is that um, in their last news release in early June, they said that you know they had other holes that were nearly complete, and so you would be expecting those uh, results shortly. And as you said, yeah, now we know why we haven't got the results yet, and I would expect them to uh, start coming out now. A couple of other just interesting things to to add there. Um, uh, Glencore has uh, come into to that province in, in Argentina and bought a project, I believe that was this week, right, from Pan American. Yep. Um, Mara, it's called, M-A-R-A. And so um, uh, that area of Argentina, uh, of Argen, Argentina, we can't talk today, that area of Argentina <laughs> continues to heat up and attract major mining investment, right? The Lundin's now there. Um, John Black says this all the time, but uh, McEwen is there with Los Azules, for example. And so um, some very big players uh, moving into the area. The other thing is interesting to note is that management wrote a check in this financing as as they continue to do, and they've been supportive in the open market as well. And then the other thing I was reading is that um, Sabanye still has the chance to 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 to, to participate to keep their um, percentage ownership because Aldebaran yeah. has multiples strategic backers right they have south 32 yes um they also have route one which is uh sort of a private equity or, or large financing group um out of san francisco that owns almost half the company i think like 43 or 46 percent or something like that and then 
Um, Savanier is, is still a shareholder because that's who had the asset. That's where John Black and, and team yeah. got it from. So I don't know if they will participate. They allowed themselves to be diluted um, down last year, but they uh, certainly have the opportunity to. And you can see yet more capital coming into um, that project. And uh, I guess I just wanted to point back to, and then maybe we can talk about Bravo a little bit, is I wrote an article Ooh. a couple of weeks ago about that Brazilian deal I was telling you about, the one with the the Russian uh, oligarch SPAC uh, that all these automakers were, were ponying up for and, and banks. And I was calling that like the global kickoff party to the um, you know, uh, battery metals race or, or, or base metals race or whatever. And and now you're seeing the guests starting to show up, right? We talked about uh, Exxon earlier. We talked about, oh, no, we didn't talk about it, actually. Let me talk about it for a second. Um, Saudi Arabia has made their first ever investment into the metals mining space. And it, um, it is in Vale. They took uh, 10% of Vale's uh, base metal unit, which uh, if you reverse out the math, it was like $2.6 billion dollars. Um, and then Engine One, who you'll remember um, is the sort of um, advocate investor that got board seats on Exxon a, a couple of years ago, they took a three percent stake. So here you have Saudi Arabia, um, you know, obviously the 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 largest oil producing nation on in the in the world, built their wealth on the the first fuel of the automobiles. Now making move here into the uh, base metals industry, and 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 they did that with. Um, you know, a Brazilian company. And so I thought that was interesting to me that all of a sudden, just in the past, literally in the past month, you've had these, you know, major sovereign energy nations and, and the largest, you know, oil companies in the world saying they're starting to, to get into this space. And then um, Brazil just continues to get headlines, right? The deal we talked about a couple of weeks ago, this deal with, yeah. with Vale and, and Saudi Arabia. And then you know, I think we ended last week's podcast with what are you looking forward to in the in the, in the next week or so? And, and we were talking about news from Bravo that we were expecting, which, of course, has a large uh, PGM nickel gold deposit in, in Brazil, but uh, it is increasingly looking like it's going to have a, a significant base metal component to it. And so, one, we're waiting for drill results. Two, we're still waiting for the results from the um, electromagnetic uh, survey. And so those haven't come yet. I would imagine um, with every breath, those those news releases are ticking closer to um, coming out. And um, I just thought it was a, an easy way to make the connection between Saudi Arabia and going into Tavale as a base metal unit and um, an investment we're involved in, Bravo Mining, you know, potentially about to have some game-changing news on their uh, base metals front on a very large asset in Brazil. And oh, by the way, um, some big players in that stock as well, right? With with BlackRock, who I yeah. understand was um, recently buying in the open market, and 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 that should tell you something about uh, the opportunity that they either see there or that you know Luis is telling them is there. So um, there's not a lot of stock available. For example, that stock it hit five dollars again today, and it doesn't yeah. take a lot of buying to move that stock higher. Couldn't agree with you more. Um... I'm curious to see when that news from Bravo comes out. Obviously, as a shareholder, I'm biased and would rather see it sooner rather than later. I can't help but think that um, maybe they're sitting on it a little bit longer to get closer to September, right? When people are paying a bit more attention. But, you know, kind of like Patriot, if you have the goods, just just put it out there and let the market catch up, right? I will say this to your point of, you know, Saudi Arabian uh, checkbooks and Exxon Mobil checkbooks and, you know, all these 
big, big, deep-pocketed players that are now coming into the various sectors in the resource space. Follow the money, folks. These are not mini trends. These are not six-month trends, one-year trends that are going to make a U-turn anytime soon, whether it's copper or, you know, lithium or uranium. The setup is absolutely beautiful for making a lot of money if we do it right. And look, we're going to get some wrong. Like, we always get some wrong. But a couple of big wins can negate a couple of small losses every single time. There's going to be a lot of big wins over the next several years. We've had some big ones already. Don't want to rest on our laurels. Definitely want to search out the next set of big, you know, thousand percent gains. You know, like the Bravos, right? Which we helped finance at 50 cents. Now sits there at five bucks or, you know, that was U.S., but we're almost up, you know, a thousand percent there. That's fine and dandy. But if they have a game-changing nickel copper massive sulfide deposit, that runs anywhere close to the eight kilometers of the Luanga deposit, and they got the grade. That's gonna that, that that's gonna get into double digits really really quick, and also gonna get very very fun. So a lot to like in the space, despite the fact that a lot of people are bored in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the valuations and the and the volume were low, and the 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 fundraising environment continues to be challenging. But uh, there are teams and and companies and and assets that are getting it done. Absolutely. Um, you want to touch on Bitcoin at all? You 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 you, you want to go there? Any thoughts um, there? <laughs> yes, because the, I mean, Bitcoin's back below thirty thousand. I I told you this might not be the 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 move, and and I wasn't thinking it was just going to grow to the sky from here. But you remember the Bitcoin rapper girl? Do you remember her? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just. It's- yeah, I remember. I think her name was. I think her stage name was like Razzle Kwan or something like that, or Razzle Khan. Um, guilty, her and her husband. No uh, way. Um, hacking and uh, attempting to launder some four point three billion dollars of um, the Bitcoin that uh, he stole. He was uh, a, a Russian um, native. Um, hacked Bitfinex, stole these uh, Bitcoin, I think in 2016 or something like that. Um, and then they proceeded to be worth billions of dollars and they were, you know, doing their best to, to hide them away, if you remember. Uh, but in the process, we're recording their lavish brunches and all the purses they're buying. And she apparently tried to start up a rap career that was, I mean, just hilarious, the, the videos that she was posting to, to Instagram. And ultimately, um, they got caught by uh, using the the stolen coins to buy gift cards, specifically Walmart gift cards, um, which they then used to to purchase goods at Walmart, and that was what broke open the case. The um, the feds or the prosecutors were able to tie the purchase of those gift cards back to the specific bitcoins that were stolen because it's all on the ledger, right? So. Anyway, it was a blast from the past. It's been a crazy couple of years. And when I saw her with her rose glasses today, the, I saw a headline on Twitter or something. It was like, oh, yeah, I remember that girl. You imagine anyway, trying to launder four point something billion dollars and you get uh, caught buying Walmart gift cards. Like, what is wrong with people out there? Um, yeah, no, look, it's it's. it's Bizarre they could have bought a 10% sure. stake in Volley's base metal unit. I mean, come on, folks. What are we doing here? <laughs> What are we doing here? Um, yeah, look, speaking of criminals and crime, uh, the Trumpster got indicted again. This one looks a little more serious than some of the other ones. Um, conspiracy to defraud the United States, maximum sentence, five years. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, 
rig an election, uh, maximum sentence 20 years, obstruction of an official proceeding, an election, maximum sentence 20 years, and conspiracy against rights, maximum sentence 10 years. Interesting note, the judge, he was just arraigned and arrested, um, the judge has warned Trump that he may be held pending trial if he violates the conditions of his release. And one of those conditions is not speaking to any direct witnesses except through counsel. And knowing this man's lack of discipline, if he's guilty, law and order is what he said. Go do the time. If he's not guilty, it is what it is, right? He's not guilty, fine. We'll let, we'll let a, a jury of his peers, if that exists, decide that. I'm more interested to see if he's able to shut the fuck up for the next little bit before he goes to trial. And he's if, if, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get himself in trouble and get himself actually sitting in a prison cell awaiting trial because he does won't have the discipline to actually, um, you know, see it through. You look at some of the allegations in the uh, in the document. I, I scan through some of the highlights, some of the bullet points. I mean, there's some pretty gnarly stuff in there, man. Telling Fence he was too honest. Um, straight out right going to election officials saying, I need you to turn this around. Um, some of the people, some of his co-conspirators, I think there's six or seven of them. They look like they're going to be in trouble soon. Giuliani looks like he's in trouble. Um, this is a hot mess. I mean, whatever you believe politically, folks, this isn't a political hit this is um mr trump just uh trumping and then i think he overplayed his hand on this one we'll see so refresh my memory this is a separate indictment now right this is the third one i believe the third one they also (laughs) added charges to the to the classified document one they added like i think three charges Uh, so that trial it's getting hard to 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 parse out and the new york times is doing their best and you know, and I get to, 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 to the effects of that in one second, but first of all, it's just getting tough to keep track of as an individual with three different cases, all the different charges, then the trial dates. But for the, the documents one, that trial was already set for May and now may be pushed out um, until after the election. And so um, all this, I think, is having the effect, and we see this in the polls, of solidifying his base. Even yes. if you even if you take out like all the rest of the candidates except for DeSantis, if it was just Trump DeSantis, like Trump still wins. Um, he's got that much of a of a of a head start or a lead in the polls against all the other candidates and all this coverage specifically by, you know, liberal rags like the the New York Times or whatever, who are trying to, you know, parcel out all these different trials and cases and evidence or you know, basically solidifying his base so much so that um, I saw in the Babylon Bee the other day that, um, you know, they were praising the third indictment. You know, they said Trump got he's got the hat trick. Like, you know, it's like a a positive thing. Like, I mean, that's a pro Trump. You know, it's like the onion for for conservatives. Right. Um, Praising Trump for getting the indictment hat trick. And so um it's going to help him, you know, definitely with a nomination. And then we'll see about the, the general election. But, you know, in this bizarre world, the ideas that are already being floated out there and certainly no more crazy than um, having alien bodies, right, is, you know, can Trump win the election and pardon himself? It's 2023, baby. Anything <laughs> can happen in 2023 and 2024. I mean... I don't put anything past anything anymore, Nick. These last couple of years, um, 
have been some of the weirdest, most fascinating um, years of, of not just my life, but of lifetimes I've read about, right? I'm a history <laughs> geek. And I go back and I'm like, man, there was interesting stuff back in the day, but this stuff right here is taking the cake on a lot, a lot of friends. And, um, and look, I'll, I'll have my popcorn again, law and order, right? That was, uh, that was the mantra. So we're going to see what that is. And, uh, all the best to everybody. Like I always say, reciprocity to everybody. No more than, no more, no less than whatever it is we deserve. Right. May that be the, 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 the gavel that, uh, does the judging for all of us. So yeah, interesting times for sure. Interesting times. I'm supposed to remind all of you to go to daily profit, daily profit forward slash subscribe for all of our updates, uh, market commentary, thoughts, opinions, rants, raves, all the stuff straight to your inbox. Nick, what are you watching this week? I know we're watching Bravo and you and I obviously are biased on that front. Um, anything else that you're curious? Aldebaran, we talked about. I'm looking forward to results there. Um, it seems like, you know, maybe um, bad news is is bad news again here. We, we, we've talked for the past couple of weeks about where the volatility is about how the stocks continued to go uh, up uh, in the face of lots of bad data. And then, you know, we turn the page of the calendar to August. All of a sudden, you know, volatility is back a little bit, a couple of down days in the market. So uh, I'm just interested to see, um, you know, continued economic data that's coming up and, 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 and try to uh, parse that out and then figure out when this, Second whammy is is going to come. I think it's almost like uh, eye of the storm, as it were, right now, right? With uh, lots of bullishness. I mean, you still got the meme stock stuff, which is crazy to me. Like Tupperware was up seven hundred percent this week, and you know they're bankrupt because they can't pay their bills. Yada yada. Um, and it's like, oh, let's buy Tupperware. And so um, it all just uh, continues to be uh, interesting out there. And uh, I guess the other thing I'm looking at is. And these commodity prices, right? I'm interested to see if this is a, really a thing or if this breakout of the past couple of weeks was a head fake. So I'm um, looking at that CRB index, looking at oil and, and, and watching copper. Definitely watching copper. Interesting price action, energy sector. That's interesting. Again, this all uh, amongst a backdrop of slower global, slower global growth and rising interest rates, right? The world is so interesting. We didn't really touch on, you mentioned it in passing, but um, on the U.S. debt downgrade, uh, we'll get into that maybe next week. Let's see how the bond market continues to absorb that. 30-year mortgage rates are now at 7.2%. Um, it's interesting times, everybody. That's really all I got for you. Anything else you want to get off your chest, Mr. Hodge? Well, then, I think we're good. All right. Blair, they did like your presentation yesterday. You and I are going to get together and hopefully provide one for the folks here next week. We hope to have that to you late next week. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 230 of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. Don't do the crime. Don't do the time. Or if you can't do the time, law <laughs> and order. <laughs> have a great week out there, everybody. Nope. See ya. <laughs> Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.